coming up. We need to let the strong and the weak know that they're accepted. And we have to create a, create a culture that accepts. But to do this, it requires an understanding of our faith. Remember, we're talking about weak in faith. We're not just talking about weak or strong. We're talking about weak and strong in faith. Hello and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Jesus never said following him would be easy. In fact, many of his teachings reveal the difficulties and struggles of this life and the effort it takes to truly live out our salvation. Join us for the series, Making Every Effort, where Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn challenge us to examine our walk with Jesus Christ and how well we are striving to be like him. Here's the third message in the series, Peace, Edification, and Holiness, Part 1. Praise the Lord. Um, I trust that you've uh, been able to uh, download our message outline in the series entitled Making Every Effort. And so today our subtopic will be peace, edification, and holiness. And so uh, um, hopefully you're all ready to go and we'll, um, we'll get going right here. And in last week's message, we talked about the correlation of peace and unity amongst followers of Jesus Christ, how the Spirit of God establishes our unity. Spirit of God did that and does that. Mm -hmm. And we are tasked with making every effort mm -hmm. to keep the unity through peace. The scripture told us to do that through the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. So today I want to talk about how uh, peace correlates with uh, how we are tasked with edifying or building each other up and with living a holy life. And I said, we are tasked with building each other up, Amen. not tearing one another down. That's right. It's amazing how we can tend to pick up practices to take on habits that tears our brother and sister down in, 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 in the Christ. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that we can do that. Yeah. But God speaks. Um, strongly against that type of those type of habits mm -hmm. those type of practices for his children amen and so we want to make every effort not to do those kinds of things so on your outline i'll write this down as followers of jesus christ we should make every effort to strengthen each other amen. we should make every effort to strengthen each other. Romans 14, 19 says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Amen. Make every effort do to, to do what it leads to peace and mutual edification. Mm -hmm. um, the easy to read version says, uh, says, um, in that same verse, it says this. So let's try as hard as we can mm -hmm. 
to do what will bring peace. Let's do whatever will help each other grow stronger in faith. Grow yeah. stronger in faith. Yeah. So we should be doing everything we can, making every effort um, so that we can strengthen each other. Man. Not tear each other down, as I said earlier. Yeah. This is important for us to do that. And I want to key on the fact that it says that we want to mutually build each other up or mm -hmm. mutually edify each other. God has commanded you and I as followers of Jesus Christ to build each other up. He's commanded me to build you up. He's commanded you to build me up. Love helps, right? Love helps. <laughs> Absolutely. As we, we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And we'll touch on that a little love bit later. Other. It's a, it is a, a uh, expression of our love for God and mm. expression of our love for one another. Amen. And so we need to build each other up and we need to make every effort to do that. Mm -hmm. Look at what Hebrews 12, 14 says. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Mm -hmm. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Look at how this passage puts peace and holiness together. And we read earlier that we need to do what leads to peace in order to, to mutually edify each other. Amen. So here it puts peace and holiness together. Often um, we tend to put emphasis on holiness on living right for ourselves and for others. We're, we're quick to, to, to talk about how other people, what other people aren't doing right mm -hmm. and, 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 be, and feel good or pride, even prideful about what we are doing right. Yeah. And we leave out the peace part. But this passage says you should make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. It then says, or mm -hmm. uh, it puts them two together. together. There's a correlation between living in peace with everyone and living holy. Amen. So we just, we just want to focus, focus on holiness at times and don't really care a whole lot about whether or not there's peace in me with me and my brother or sister or with right, anyone, right. you know, I'm me and God are good. Mm -hmm. And God is saying it ain't nope. just good That's that right. just me and you are good. Right. I'm commanding you to be right. good with other people as well. Right. And as my wife was reading earlier, the, the, two, the greatest commandment, what commandments was uh, the love the Lord and then love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And he says, these two are together. And Jesus put them together and said, you can't separate them. If you're going to love me, you're going to have to love your neighbor too. That's right. And so we got to, and part of that expressing love is living in peace with people. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're going to continue to build on this uh, as we move forward. So, um, uh, so we can't, again, we can't just make holiness our goal or being right with God or doing what God says or living a clean life, our goal. That can't be our only goal. We also should have a goal to live in peace with everyone Amen. and, and not destroy relationships mm -hmm. um, because we don't, we're not concerned about the peace with others. And the scripture okay. doesn't command us to do that. And the scripture tells us even even more in this in this regard about how this 
peace and doing these things leads us to, to be strengthened and built up. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it says this, and that same Christ gave these gifts to people. He made some to be apostles, mm-hmm. some to be prophets, some to go and tell the good news, and some to care for and teach God's people. Christ gave these gifts to prepare God's holy people for the work of serving, to make the body of Christ stronger. So Christ gave gifts to make the body of Christ stronger. And the body of Christ is composed of followers of Jesus Christ, members of the body. Mm-hmm. Notice that one of the gifts that Christ gave to make the body stronger was the gift to go and tell the good news. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things he gave to make the body of Christ stronger. Yeah. So when we add members to the body of Christ, we're making the body of Christ stronger. Mm-hmm. When we tell others the good news and they accept it, and become a member of the body of Christ, we're making the body stronger. Amen. And Christ specifically gave gifts so that that would happen. Yeah. So um, the fact that we are commanded to strengthen each other runs really deep. It even goes to the core of what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. Amen. So we need to make every effort um, to strengthen one another so the question comes then write this down how do we practice peace and holiness while building each other up how do we practice peace and holiness while building each other up again as we talked we don't want to just work on holiness we need to also work on peace and in the process we need to be edifying and building each other up so how do we do that? Mm-hmm. I want to give you four ways today that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Number one, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> don't sweat, don't sweat the, small stuff. the small stuff. Look at what Romans 14.1 says. Accept the ones whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Mm -hmm. The text says we need to accept those who have weaker faith. Um, New Christians, new followers of Jesus Christ, people who don't know a whole lot about God and Mm -hmm. Jesus and the Bible yet. Mm -hmm. People who are new to living the Christian life We need to accept them. We need to accept them with their weaknesses. In fact, we should expect them (laughs) to be weak because they don't have the knowledge and experience of God and experience with God that stronger people with stronger faith have. So we need to accept them. I'm going to harp on that a little bit because we can do a whole lot of things that rejects them or give them a sense of being rejected. 
We can give them the guilt trip because they're not familiar with passages Mm -hmm. because we got to help them find scriptures in their Mm -hmm. Bible. Um, They're not familiar with the church's um, um, traditions and our normal things that we do during service. They don't know about them. We can make them feel bad about that, feel unaccepted. There's a whole gang of things that we can do that will cause them not to feel accepted. Mm-hmm. Here in the text, it says it's it's focusing on quarreling over small stuff, yeah, stuff that's disputable. They're not high priority issues in the church, and we're quarreling over what color the carpet is. Mm-hmm. It's just small stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's an issue. And the text is commanding us, it's telling us that when we do that, especially when the weaker in faith are involved, mm-hmm. we're not accepting them. Right. And it's saying, don't do that. See, we have to create a culture of acceptance uh, for, for the strong in faith mm-hmm. and, as well as the weak in faith. Mm-hmm. We got to know that they, that they all are accepted. Um, as this pertains to, say, uh, your your family, for instance, you have to let the newborn baby in the family, that grandbaby, that niece, that nephew just got came home from the hospital, was born a couple of days ago. You need to let that baby know they're accepted, mm-hmm. and you need to let your great uncle who shows up <laughs> <laughs> at the house. Let him know he's accepted. Yeah, we need yeah. to let the strong and the weak know that they're accepted, and there are things that you can do to do that. And we have to create a create a culture that accepts. Yeah, but to do this, it requires an understanding of our faith. Remember, we're talking about weak in faith. We're not just talking about weak. Mm. Or strong, we talk about weak and strong in faith. So we're 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 not talking about knowledge as much as actually understanding faith and knowing what the faith is. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is a portion of that, but we're talking about your faith. We're not talking about your opinions, your 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 um, desires or preferences. We're talking about faith, and to accept yeah. those who are weak in faith. We have to first have a clear understanding of our faith mm-hmm. and confidence in the process of growing our faith. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again because I don't want you to miss it. In order to accept the weaker in faith, we have to have a clear understanding mm-hmm. of what our faith is. Okay. And... And we have to have confidence in the fact that our faith can grow. See, when we understand that we grow our faith, when we run across someone who has weaker faith, we're not so quick to try to grow them up overnight. Right. Because we know, first of all, we understand the process of growth because we didn't grow up in faith That's overnight. Right. Mm-hmm. Our faith didn't get stronger overnight, mm-hmm. but somehow we forget about what it's like to be a baby Christian. Right. And then we get new ones and we expect them to spring up quicker, a hundred times faster than we did. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, there are some things you're still doing now you should have stopped doing. <laughs> All right, say that, say that. Ten Amen. years ago. Amen. That's right. And But yet we, put, we impose upon those that are weaker in faith, younger in their faith, mm -hmm. some um, expectations that we didn't have for ourselves. That's right. So we got to understand our faith and we got to understand and have confidence in the process of growing faith. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't, you can't have all of that if you don't know God's word and you're not into his word. If you're not into God's word and intentionally engaging in growing your faith, then you won't have an understanding or confidence mm -hmm. in the process of growing your faith because yours hasn't been grown very much. So you, you don't, you haven't experienced it. So you don't know, you, you, you don't even, you don't know what it's like. And so you, how can you have confidence in something you're not, you had, you don't, yeah. you don't know. You have an experience. So when you have been intentionally engaged in growing your own faith and you know what it took to get you from A to, to B and A to F and A to L, then you will have some patience and understanding because you know what this younger person in faith is up against, the opposition they're going to have, how hard it's going to be to grow your faith. But if yours haven't, you haven't been through the process, it's going to be hard for you to have confidence in the process. Right. And you got to know your word in order to do that. And we're going to talk more about this whole idea of growing our faith later in our series. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to touch on that a little bit now because that's what it's going to take for us to really accept those who are weaker in faith. Mm -hmm. um, so let me give you some examples of um, small stuff. Stuff that's disputable that we want to sometime um, argue and quarrel over. <laughs> Look at Romans 14, 5 and 6 says something that we really need to pay attention to. Gives us some context here. Um, it says one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Okay, let me let me pause right here for a moment. So I just want to make sure you're tracking here. The text is pointing out in the same chapter that we, we've been reading here that one of us, one follower of Christ may consider, you know, say Sundays more sacred than Mondays. Okay. All right. <laughs> And then another follower of Christ may consider Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the same. Mm -hmm. They're all God's day. Each day is the Lord's day. Mm -hmm. And we should worship the Lord every day. Yeah. All right. I'm saying it like this because I know you've heard what I just displayed to you. You've, you've experienced people really putting a lot of emphasis on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then you experienced others saying, hey, every day is God's day. You know, some may put emphasis on birthdays and, mm -hmm. and other days, yeah. other special days. That's what the text is saying. It's giving us an idea of small stuff. Look what it reads on and says in verse six. Well, I want to say this before we move on. Um, the text emphasizes that whichever camp you fall in, 
be 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 really convinced about it. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be a passing thought of yours. No, be really convinced about it. He says everybody needs to be convinced. If they accept just one some special days as more sacred than others, then be convinced about it. What does that mean? That means when that day comes, you act accordingly to according to how you made it special. <laughs> okay and don't don't be wishy-washy with that either it's like well you said you convinced that this is special when that day comes treat it like it's special then if that's what you believe mm-hmm. now remember we're talking about faith we're not talking about preferences so the fact that they believe this day is more sacred than another one is an expression of their understanding of their faith it's a faith question not a preference question mm-hmm and then others in their faith believe that all the days are God's day in the same. But my point is this, however you land, be fully convinced as the passage says, mm-hmm. because this is relative to your faith. And I'm going to talk about this a little more, but I want to touch on it a little bit right now, because if you're not fully convinced, so that day that you said is special, whether it's a certain day or it's every day, when you don't treat it as sacred, you are not living in faith. Because you said, according to your faith, this day is sacred. Mm-hmm. Now you're not living in faith. You're not living by faith. You're not living up to the faith that you believe you should have. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge problem when we don't live by faith. God said a long time ago, before Jesus showed up on the earth, that the just must live by faith. It's an old adage, an old principle that God has always had that we must live by faith as Amen. if we're going to please him. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please him. If we don't believe that living by faith was important before Jesus came, Mm -hmm. then that means nobody could ever please him prior to Jesus coming. And we know that's not the case because the scripture tells us God was pleased with a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews 11 tells us that folks, a lot of folk who lived before Jesus came did certain things by faith. It names them out. It calls out Moses. It calls out a whole lot of folk. However you land, if you believe that this is sacred by faith, then you need to treat it that way. And when you don't, you're not living by faith and thus you're not pleasing God. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we move forward. So here in verse six, it reads on. It says, Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. So when you make that regard, you do it to the Lord. And then it reads on, whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord uh, and give thanks to God. So again, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but he's saying here, if, and he's using another disputable matter or another small thing, some people won't eat meat according to their faith. They're not going to eat meat. Mm-hmm. Then some people, according to their faith, they do eat meat. He says, in either case, if you do it um, in faith, whether you eat it or you don't, you do it to the Lord because this is an expression of your faith. 
All right. Again, we talking about we talking about faith, not preference, not preference. Mm -hmm. So how do we practice peace and holiness while building each other up? Number two. Understand we are no one's Lord. Mm -hmm. Understand that we are no one's Lord. Mm -hmm. Romans 14, two through four says, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now I'm going to pause right now to some okay. of y'all out there who may be vegetarians cuz don't want I don't want you to think just because you only eat vegetables your faith is weak. That's not what it's saying. <laughs> it's saying it's just using this as an example that because, because of their faith, their weaker faith, they think that they're only allowed to eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. They think that's only the only thing that's permissible is what it's using as an example. And okay. Paul's mentioning this in the text because it's a problem. It was a problem, not just because, you know, he's just arbitrarily mentioning something. So these kinds of things were real. And so he says that, uh, and then verse three reads on to give us a little more flavor here. It says, the one who eats everything must not treat the one with contempt Treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. I want to pause right there for a moment. Okay. So Paul is letting us know that whether you eat meat, as we mentioned earlier, or you just eat vegetables, that either way it's fine. But we, you do that to the Lord. You do it according to your faith. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be... Um, holding contempt against each other, criticizing each other about it, or judging each other because of it. Because whatever you do, you need to do it to the Lord. You decide, I'm not going to eat meat because of your faith, not because of your preference. Um, because of your faith in God, it's a way that you're exercising faith in God. Right. I want to. I'm gonna. I want to say yes. a little bit more Clear about that this. Clear that up because earlier yes. when you were talking about the different days and some of us celebrate this and some yeah. of us celebrate holidays and birthdays and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So it's 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 the way you believe and the way that you're exercising your faith in God, not the way that you're exercising your faith in your preference or your faith in your body. Or your faith in science or your faith in, in, in whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a way you're exercising your faith in God. Yeah. So don't mix those things up. This is that you're doing this because of your faith. Mm -hmm. And it's saying that if you're doing that, then we then don't criticize others who are eating meat because of their faith. Yes. Because they, in the way they're exercising their faith to God, they don't see a problem. And the scripture supports that as we're going to see. And we've already read that it's either in either case, you do it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is about holy days or any other thing, which we'll see that if you do it in faith, there's something needs to be, it needs to be honored in a certain kind of way. Right. So it's a, it's a faith act. It's an act, act of faith. Right? It's an yes. act of faith. Okay. And because we are called to live by faith, mm -hmm. then we want to always 
live by what we believe to be our faith mm -hmm. and not live against it. In fact, the last verse in, in chapter 14 tells us if you do anything without faith, it's sin. Anything you don't do in faith is sin. Because we are called to live by faith. And if you live it in some kind of way or doing some kind of practice and you aren't doing it in faith, you have any doubt about it, then you shouldn't do it. Okay. Because if you do it with doubt, you're not doing it in faith. Thus, now you're sinning and not pleasing God. And we'll see the text um, bear this out as we keep moving along here. So, um, verse, four. verse four goes on to say, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. So the question, this pastor asked the question, who are you, who am I to judge somebody else's servant? Saying, in other words, you can't judge somebody else's servant. Mm -hmm. They're either going to stand or fall based upon the mat their master's um, letting them stand or fall. And the text tells us that if they really have faith in Christ, Christ is going to make sure they stand mm -hmm. and they don't fall. Notice when it talks about judging, because this is a thing that comes up in our society. People will be quick to say, don't judge me. Mm -hmm. Don't judge me. <laughs> and really, you're not judging them. You know, you're making an evaluation or a judgment of their behavior not of them okay see the text says here who are you to judge someone else's servant and you shouldn't judge the servant or the person but but we should evaluate and make judgments about behavior we should do that in other words if we notice that something happens that's not that shouldn't happen then we need to say, hey, that's not right. That behavior is not right. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. 
And we ought to care more about the gospel, the message of God, and God, what God wants for people than we want, than we care about what we want for ourselves. Right. Your taste buds might be saying, I want to eat that, I want to eat that, or I want to drink that. But the text is telling us you shouldn't want that more than you want to please God and help your brother and sisters grow in faith or be built up in faith. Right. That should mean much more to you than your taste buds. Right. Thank you for listening. 